Welcome to the Radically Christian Crosstalk Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. I'm your host, Wes McAdams. On today's episode, you'll hear a discussion I had with my co-hosts, James Sumners and Sam Dominguez, about the fact that we often say that for the Christian, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But do we really believe that? Do we really live as if that statement is true? Here's that discussion. We hope you enjoy. Uh, I have been thinking uh, quite a bit lately just about how how we actually uh, believe the things that we believe. When we state things like uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain, when we state things like I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, uh, the, all, all these different uh, tenets of the faith that we uh, espouse week in and week out, but does anything about how we live actually testify to these beliefs that we hold. You know, uh, just going through uh, uh, the loss of a loved one and uh, the steps that we go through to try and cling to life, the things, the, the, the tremendous difficulties and expenses that we go through uh, just uh, to, to, our, to our dying breath clinging <clears throat> to this physical life. You know, do, do we... Do we actually believe uh, the things that we say that we do? Do they actually make a change in our lives? It's a hard, a hard line to think about when we believe that all life is precious to God, but at the same time, if a person's quality of life does not allow them to continue to... Um, to be, uh, if if their life is degraded to the point in which they're not really able to to help others, then then you start to get these weird ideas about well, should we do this? Or it's really hard to think about. Like, well, at what point should I say, well, I, we don't need to try to further the life of someone? Um, well, then, I mean, not not I'm even not, to allow it to get so. Uh, Specific to that, I mean, I'm not really interested in, in discussing or analyzing decisions people make. Uh, I don't want to do that either. Oh I'm, I'm very thankful. <laughs> well, I don't want to analyze decisions people make with loved ones in hospitals and different things like that. But just broadly speaking, and in general, you know, we we think things along the lines of what you were just saying, where well, when their quality of life, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and we demonstrate that our thoughts about this life compared to the next life are that, yes, I believe that to die is gain, as Paul said, so long as this life has degraded to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, then to die is not gain. Mm -hmm. Except that's not what Paul said. Nor was Paul in a position of a degraded life. Nor was Paul in any way Fulfilling any of those those circumstances that we say, oh, well, yeah, yeah, if this is true and this is true and this is true, well, then sure, it would be better if that person went to see the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, no, what Paul said was, period, to live is Christ and to die is gain, and he didn't put any qualifiers on those things. And yet we, we always put qualifiers on those things. Uh, and, you know, like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not even considering decisions that other people have made or criticizing. That, that's just... We, we That's say, not something for me to do, but it's it's worth it's worth at least it was to me to just consider what do I actually believe mm -hmm. when I say that 
to what extent do I believe that to be true? Mm-hmm. Or have I applied this multitude of biases and preconditions and, and precepts <clears throat> that I surround this theology with that I'm not telling anyone about, I'm not sharing that, all I say is, well, yeah, I believe what the Scripture says, mm-hmm. but in my mind I have all these other things. Well, we um, we say, you know, that, well, that person had nothing left to live for anyway, or, you know, or but... But when somebody has, they say we say, you know, they have they had so much to live for. Um, you know, I've often, you know, just given the hypothetical situation. What if, what if I suddenly came into a million dollars and then I died the next day? How would you feel about that situation? Would you say, oh man, what a what a tragedy? Or if you know, if I had just gotten married or I just had a baby or or whatever? I mean, would you would you look at that and you say, oh, I feel so sorry for Wes? I mean, he. He died before he ever got to enjoy whatever this physical blessing was, when really we shouldn't think of it that way at all. We we should think you he went on to his reward. That's what he was striving for. He finished the race. He 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 run he ran the race. He finished the course. But um, you know, we we want to we, we want to finish the course after we've exhausted all of the the things of this life anyway. After I've had all my fun and enjoyed everything and there's nothing left to quote unquote live for anymore, then I'll give up that. But I think the test is always whether or not we really believe it. Is, are we willing to give those things up now, right now? Am I willing to give up my money, my time, my energy, time with my family to do the good things that I know I ought to do because I'm striving for an eternal home and and not to exhaust all of the pleasures of this physical life? You know, this makes me think about just the, the condition of, of man as far as, like, what is, how do we look at it? You look at the story of the man born blind, and uh, the disciples come to Jesus and say, "Well, who sinned, him or his, or his parents, that he's born blind?" Um, but Jesus says, "Well, it's not about that. It's about he is here so that he can show the glory of God." Our lives sh- are about that, right? I mean, that's that's what our lives should be about. It's about glorifying God, whether whether in difficulty or in in uh, success, whether in pain or whether in growth, whether whatever it, it is, um, we can bring glory to God. So in, in all circumstances, if we're looking at our lives in the wrong way, we will not see that we are here to glorify God. If I'm not paying attention to the fact, look, this is this life is a gift from God. And it is a gift from God to glorify himself. So if I'm going to, in my life, I need to live in such a way that I glorify Him and, and consider that that's what this life is about, that it's actually about my life today is about my life in heaven. My life today is about my spiritual life, not about my physical uh, existence. I think it's uh, demonstrable how we misunderstand these things and confuse ourselves because for so many people, for for myself, when I have over the years considered these types of things, well, what does it mean to say that to die is gain? You end up uh, struggling with with a what's the point attitude about life. And well, well, this life doesn't amount to anything, and if if all I'm striving for is the next life, then why bother? Why should I have a family? Why should I have kids? Why should I create anything that I might care about if it had loss? You know, we, 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 there's a danger of developing this nihilistic attitude 
when when we take an earthly perspective of to die is gain. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's not the entirety of what Paul said. You know, he said to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so in both circumstances, it is a pleasing and impassioned living to the glory of God. It's either living this life to the glory of God, or it is service to God in the next life. And in both cases, you are happy and you are content to be with God and doing what God wants. You know, referencing back to my dad's article from from many moons ago, being at home with the Lord. We have to be at home with the Lord now if we hope to be at home with Him later. And a lot of us have never really adopted a lifestyle that says to live as Christ, and then we really struggle with to die as gain. Yeah, I appreciate you said something this morning about uh, you know, when when you have relatives who are just in a difficult position in life, physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, that that desire that we have to cling to them and and hold on to them as if as if we need them to continue living. But uh, you know, I remember my grandmother in the hospital so many years ago. I don't even remember how many now, but. She'd never been in the hospital. She'd hardly ever been to the doctor except for just regular checkups or anything. And then one year she, I mean, she, uh, she goes to the hospital and doesn't ever come out. And, uh, um, but her life was just such a, a good Christian life full of service. And there's not a moment that, um, you know, in, in the end, everybody's thinking, okay, well, we know she's going and, um, you just you're looking forward to her opportunity to go to heaven and you don't want to see her hurt anymore and and you're glad that she gets to 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 finally go to that final reward and but we don't think of that necessarily for ourselves all the time we're looking for those who are in pain well she never really lived in pain I mean, she was the 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 grandma who always went and helped the old ladies out. You know, <laughs> she was always there helping everybody else, and she lived her life full of service. And so, when it was time for her to go, it was still hard to let go. But at the same time, there was that hope, and that's and I think that's part of what we forget is what is our hope? It's not our hope isn't necessarily in heaven. Our hope is. It is in heaven, but it's God. God is our hope. God is what we're seeking to, and again, to glorify Him. In our life, we glorify Him in our actions, in our in our death. We will glorify Him by, in some ways, giving hope to those who knew us, who understand that's where we are, and they they're not necessarily waiting to see us, but but the but that hope that we have for them. Um, Paul Paul encourages people the same way. Those who have gone before us, they're in heaven. They're waiting for us. They're they're there and and there's that hope. It makes me think of Paul's discussion on on godly sorrow, which in in that particular discussion he is uh, talking about how godly sorrow leads to repentance, and that that's why he's not <clears throat> he's not sad that he made them sad because their godly sorrow will lead to repentance, will lead to lead to righteous living and uh, thanksgiving and and praise to God and glory to God. Uh, but it it really made me consider that. You know, in some of our past discussions about uh, it being okay to mourn, 
uh, without losing our hope and without uh, failing and fail to recognize uh, our hope in God. But that that's a form of godly sorrow in the sense that while godly sorrow about sin leads us to repentance, godly sorrow about the passing of a loved one leads us to remember God's promises, to remember that he has a place waiting for us, that he has defeated death. There is no sting to death. Death still takes place, but it has no sting. It has no permanence any longer, you know. Uh, you know, we that sorrow can remind us and can bring comfort and joy. That's that's the comfort that surpasses understanding, the the peace that surpasses understanding that God can give. Because without that, without the sorrow that leads us to remember God's promises, there is no hope. There is nothing but sorrow. There is nothing but memories instead of anticipation. Uh, you know, just the other day, I I, I took it as as a, a good sign of of. Uh, growing uh, spiritual maturity, but I came across a picture of, of uh, my dad's uh, father, my grandfather on that side, who passed away several years ago. And I didn't feel uh, sorrow at missing him when I first saw the picture. I felt just a sense of excitement and anticipation uh, because I, I knew where he was. And and I thought, well, that's that's interesting that that wasn't something I had to remind myself to feel, you know. And, you know, maybe that was just a one-time success, who knows, but uh, I think for a lot of us we we struggle with recognizing when we're when we're fighting too hard to hold to this life. This may be shifting gears a little bit, but I think about Paul's words all the time when he said to to teach those who are rich in this present age not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. And man, there's, oh man, there's so many facets of that statement right there that, that the more riches we have, and I think that that goes beyond just wealth and money and stuff. Um, the more riches that we have, the greater the temptation to put our hope in that. I was just sitting here thinking about you know, the wealthier that you are, the more powerful that you are, the 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 more the more you have physically, the more this is a temptation. And so we live in a culture and in a time where health-wise, we have extraordinary medical professionals that can extend life for a, a long time and can give us these long lives. And we don't have the wars that they used to have. We don't have, you know, barbarian tribes coming in and destroying our villages and these kind of things. And and so we live in a time where where death can be so prolonged and, and, and so pushed so far out there. The hope that medicine gives us now, the hope that doctors give us now, the hope that our, our money gives us and our insurance gives us, and, and these things, um, it, it almost, you know, it can become one of those things where we can, we, it can end up putting our hope in those things. And again, he says that God richly provides us with these things to enjoy, and they ought to be enjoyed. We ought to enjoy having medicines that can extend our life, and we ought to enjoy the life that we have, yet at the same time, continue to run headlong toward the arms of God. 
And that's an interesting thing that we can, with open hands, enjoy this life, enjoy our families, enjoy our finances, enjoy our good health, enjoy the medicines that prolong our good health, but yet still, at the same time, our hope, our joy, our passion, our zeal is to run into the arms of God and say, I can't, man, I can't wait to get there. I, I enjoy all these things. These all these things are nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy them while they have them, but this is not my hope. My hope is not that the doctors will be able to extend my life indefinitely or that they'll freeze me and I can bring me back later. My hope is in a real resurrection that has been proved by the resurrection of Jesus, and I'm running headlong into his arms. Um, that's, a, that's a difficult balance to live that life where we certainly do care about the things of this world, but that we hold them with open hands. To, to take that even a step further into... Uh, it, it's almost an analogy of the absurd that helps us to clarify our minds, because what, what you were talking about there, that trying to... that what the world might even consider to be a double standard, mm-hmm. it reminds me of, of how I have uh, grown, if you will, as a sports fan, where... I went long enough uh, with the ups and the downs and then this and then that of the the sports teams that I liked. And I just came to the conclusion, yeah, I'm only going to concern myself about this to the extent that it is pleasurable and beneficial. And beyond that, nothing. It doesn't matter. And so I don't even watch any of the games. You know, it's like, hey, it, it, sometimes I'll see something, but I don't go out of my way. I certainly don't pay any money to see the kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, hey, the the Raiders won, uh, you know, for the first time in whatever, you know. It's kind of like, hey, cool. And, uh, yeah, then they, you know, rolled over like a sack of potatoes. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that doesn't bother me, you know. It's it's just, hey, if, if it's good, it's great. And if it's bad, so what? Because that's not my primary concern. And there's a lot of people that, that cannot view sports that way. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, you know, if if the team is doing badly, then I feel bad, and I'm going to make you feel bad, and I'm going to make my whole family feel bad because I can't let go of this kind of stuff. You know, what have you? They they can't divorce themselves uh, from that. Uh, you know, if the ups are there, then I have to take the downs. Well, no, you don't. And and in this life, we we can kind of take that that approach of hey, when this life is good, glory to God, and when this life is bad. Glory to God, because this isn't my final resting place. I'm, I'm just a passing through, as, as we like to sing, you know. A big thanks to all of our guests and to Cameron McElyay for his help in the production of this show. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope this discussion inspires you to have these kinds of spiritual discussions with people in your life. If you have a question or a topic you'd like for us to discuss, please call and leave us a short voicemail at 707-238-2216. That's 707-238-2216. Remember, we love you, God loves you, and we hope you have a wonderful day.